Hi, this is Jackie Ma, head coach and CEO of Apex Training Gym. Thank you for joining us here on our podcast today as our main focus is on how we can increase your strength, hone your discipline, and improve your prowess on and off the weightlifting platform. It's not about being physically strong, but it's also about being mentally capable and emotionally responsible. As I tell my athletes, be the lion and not the hyena. You got to set chase and get after it before it gets away from you. So let's go. Welcome, Kevin Duarte. Oh, we lift there extraordinaire, coach. What's up? Hey, yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, uh, like I told you in the preview, I'm, I'm used to this. I'm doing this. Um, I went from a 14-hour physical workday down to like a six-hour virtual workday with lots of uh, text message and phone calls around it. So I'm used to being on Zoom. But uh, anyways, this Zoom podcast is on specifically weightlifting, the benefits of weightlifting. Um, it's, uh, I know people have their mindset or their, I guess what their stigma is about weightlifting, how it will make, if you're a female, it'll make you super bulky. Um, there's not really much carryover in, in terms of sports or whatever. It looks dangerous, you know, and just not, even like when I dropped, even when I used to compete, I would drop the weights and it would, you know, even for my, my mom to still watch the weights, oh, it looks so dangerous, all the loud noises and stuff. It looks so, so this podcast is mainly to kind of dispel those myths and how it is that, you know, like we talked earlier on before we started Zooming, the, what, what got you into like the weightlifting? Like, how'd you go? Was it like originally like oh. track and like, how, how are you where you're at? I that mean, is, so that is like the most, that is the coolest story because I, I just, so first, I just, I feel really lucky to be able to have a voice and to be healthy and to have a job as a teacher. And, but I think it all, that all is based on like one chance conversation with uh, this guy, Tony Chirelli from Southern California. He's a big time discus coach and his wife was a big time strength and conditioning coach. She was one of the first female strength and conditioning coaches in high school. And they had daughters who were really, really good discus throwers. So I think I met him like, I met him in 1999 after my first year coaching football, where the head coach was like, oh yeah, you should go and see some strength and conditioning stuff because we're lifting. It's great, but you're young. It could probably be a little better. So I walk into his strength and conditioning talk and I had no idea who he was. And here he is just showing videos of 50 kids on the parking lot doing the clean progression with a PVC pipe and going through all their stuff and then flipping it with a video of a 185 pound kid, just running people over on the football field. And he's like, that kid cleans 300 pounds, something that seemed like really heavy at the time. Cause we didn't have any kids that were cleaning 300 pounds. So I went to go see him after the talk and I'm like, Hey, where do I really kind of learn to get better? He said, go see Jim Schmitz. So all of this is owed to, and back then it was like Jim Schmitz was the only guy in the entire Bay Area oh, that he's, had he's like the godfather of weightlifting. And I think I paid forty dollars a month for him to coach me, like in in nineteen ninety nine. Like I got a gym membership with that, like, and it was like three platforms over on the side, and I could go do my dumbbells. And I want to say I spent three months with Jim and Paul, my brother Paul, who was a senior at the time, 
he kept going and I just started coaching his buddies at school. And then like we said before, I took a, a level one course with Bill Kutzer, another gentleman from Jim's era at Sac State, your coach. My first coach. <laughs> and then like literally from then it was just this organic evolution of, I spent four years at one high school. We did really, really well in football. And then they're like, ah, we don't really know about this Olympic weightlifting. And then I just flipped 180 and went to the high school I'm at now where they had nothing. So they had nothing. You walked out, there was no weight room. There was a weight room upstairs in the gym that had a bunch of machines. Wow. So we can't do it there, but we found a way to set up 10 platforms, wooden platforms out on the, they had this beautiful big football field, just dilapidated stands and everything in disrepair except for the field. And then there was a sidewalk underneath the uh, visitors bleachers that were condemned. And literally you could walk from the locker room down two flights of stairs into this straight sidewalk that they had bolted the visitors stand over, you know, so the, the stadium was built in 1966. And I think yes. they put the visitors stands over in the eighties. Right. So it's like, imagine a, a, a city sidewalk with pillars on it, kind of cut it in half, but we had eight feet. We had eight feet on one side and four feet on the other. So we could build eight by eight platforms. Wow. And there were like 15 of them that first summer. And that was the summer of 2003. And that was the summer like David Garcia showed up. David. That boy. So, yeah. He's David still lifting. Still, he's still lifting. He looks great. He's lifting with Max. So anyways, from then, it was like, then I got a job there. Then I started getting a weightlifting class. And then it was like, you know, David and the Tiongson brothers and then D'Angelo and then Choma and then Nini and then the kids. And, you know, there's some kids that have been there a really long time that are still there. Like Jenny Lamb's lifted since she was 14 and she's 27 right. now. So she's been 13 years. So she was there basically kind of during the whole evolution of, oh, we're That's going so to the funny. world championships now. Like we're going to youth world, going to junior worlds. And that was kind of the, the end of one group. And then her group started and then she's transitioned to coaching and stuff. So she's seen the whole, her and Seth have kind of seen the whole evolution. That's amazing. Second generation now, essentially. Yeah. And so just for the fact that you have generation, you know, true, true. And the fact you had a vision, you had the vision, yep. you saw something that no one else saw. And I was would... given the opportunity to do it. No questions asked. We're going to teach people how to do cleans and snatches and then we're going to do plyos and run i don't know how some of these kids didn't die the first summer it was so hard we we, we worked out for three hours a day and we did different stuff and there were breaks it wasn't negligent but it's like i look back and i'm like we did everything we were doing lifting then doing obstacle courses and then sprints and then football practice but that was a group that ended up being really good in football and weightlifting. Wow. That's kind of like uh, everyone's workout all compressed into one session. Yeah. And it was and, just, uh, we called it jump camp. It was from two to five every day. But you and know I what remember was, I was working like, uh, I, I was working at either at a gym and then, or at the beginning I was working at my buddy's demolition company. So I would literally drive into the stadium on the dirt track in my F-250, park it, open these old like containers that had been there from 1980 that's where we stored all the weights and then we did have a head start we did the spring and back then the spring of 2003 
I had kids from the other school coming to train with me, but we, that's how we started setting it up. And there was a PE class and they made the mistake of letting me teach the PE class. I didn't have a teaching credential. I wasn't, I don't even think I was a volunteer assistant. I was just like a guest lecturer who showed up every day to teach six period weight, seventh period weightlifting with 40 guys. You showed up every day. They came down in their red, you know, red shirts and red shorts. And it didn't matter if it was raining, it was cold. They loved it. We were doing cleans and pulls and I didn't yep. know what I was. I mean, I knew what I was doing, but yeah, you did. Consistency like, in that. Really, like I was still trying to figure it out. I was only four years into coaching. Uh, and now we have before the pandemic, we had three weightlifting classes in the afternoon. We had a YMCA program after that. And then we had barbell club, you know, all throughout with a permit from the school district. So we re- our, our club rented the, the space of the weight room for $11 a day or something. The whole year, every day there was school. And then if you weren't a weightlifter, you could train outside. And that was covered with the YMCA or sports. So we had 20 platforms in the parking lot and oh then God. four or five nice platforms inside. So with COVID, we took all that equipment, like we talked about earlier, and we moved it to people's homes. That's fantastic. I was, I was so leery about weights being more valuable than they were. And lo and behold, the week after I pulled all the stuff, they, they cut all the locks of all the storage bins looking for weights. Uh-huh. And actually, we did have some weights left over, but they were all broken. They stole broken weights. Oh. Not a lot of them. It's a high commodity. Not. It's straight up. I mean, you can't even get this stuff like on. I mean, if it is, it's like quadruple the price. So and now, so, so, you know, flash forward nine months, eight months, I have a, a supplier in Hayward, uh, awesome. American Barbell. I can get whatever I want. So it costs money, but I can get whatever I want. The value of being able to get stuff yes. to get it to kids, or then we got all our PE kids dumbbells. So school's closed, no weightlifting, but 60 people, 62 people have our school stuff at their house. And it's totally random. Like, triple jumper trying to go to the Olympics that I just met two weeks ago at Kizar to somebody like Seth Tom, who I've known for 10 years and Jenny Lamb for 13 years. They have stuff at their own house. That's phenomenal. Every every weightlifter, every competitive weightlifter has weights at their house. That's what we want to talk about too. Single one. So, and that that's, that's before it was on my brain. I know that um, as we're talking here is that, you know, I was thinking I have some some connections where I've kind of got kind of my stuff all kind of like doled out already, and there's still more people asking. And so that's when I saw when I saw your Instagram page how you actually have weights that were for sale. I'm like, and the prices are like, you know, practically below manufactured resale, you know. Yeah. Prices. I'm like, so I wow. basically I mark it up 20% so it takes care of sales tax and yes. you know like a I call it a like a service charge. But then it, it, they're saving like 40% because they're not paying sales tax because of how I get the weights. And then yes. they're not paying shipping. Shipping's the thing where the, these companies make money it, because it, they kind of yes. deal with the shipper. It's like, okay, you buy $300 worth of weights, but it's going to cost you $150 to ship. True so that. So you send their friend and, you know, you start sending, you know, 150 kilos worth of stuff. It's really expensive unless it you is. already have like a commercial shipping set up. So. I remember just buying just some like rogue bricks for our uh, adjustable vest, a weighted vest. I mean, the the bricks were a great deal, like five bucks a piece, but it's costing me almost like three bucks to ship each brick. I mean, by yeah. the time you're buying 
$50 or merch and it's costing you $40 in shipping. I mean, it's yeah. almost like. So I've had, I've had people just drive up to the house and buy stuff for the last That's like cool. four months. And then I, and then I got lucky. I imported like 5,000 kilos worth of weights from Colombia. Wow. And that was really kind of for the weightlifting community, yes. not the workout community. So right. I've been very conscious and it's more expensive. So yes. most of the workout people don't want to buy it, but I've been very conscious about how to allocate that, make sure our weightlifting clubs are taken care of. Obviously I'm making some money, but I I'm saving them thousands of dollars because these weights are never going to break. No. So you're not going to buy the same weights five times over. Exactly. Uh -huh. And it's really good stuff and it's from Colombia and it's, it came, you know, in a big and, container ship right in, right to my doorstep. You and know? you would know like the quality because you, you know, you and your crew have warmed up and tested many different brands throughout the yep. years. Cause I know, like I've seen some plates where I've worked out, they're cracking or breaking and things of nature. And so I, I know for a certain, it's like whatever you you're selling, it's backed up by the, yeah. the brand is by, backed up by, by you. Time, experience, like experience. You can't, you can't buy, you know, I mean, I, I feel old by saying it, but like, you know, when you're in there for 22 years or I started when I was 21, I'm 43 now. I mean, I've bought in so many, I've purchased so many barbells and so many bumper plates and squat racks. It's like when people call, I'm like, no, let me tell you what you're going to buy. And then I think people actually really appreciate it because they're like, you know what? I'll just come. You tell me what I got to buy. Here's what it is. It's it's yes or no. And then we go. And if you find something cheaper on the internet. Great. But you know what? You might order it and then they'll never come. That's one thing about you is it's like, you know, everything is, it's like, you know, you've tested it all out. You have no, like, it's not like, Hey, you know, we're going to pay you X amount and then we'll give you this for free. It's not like you're saying it to, to kind of boost up their, you know, their cost or their rating and stuff. I mean, it, you're, you're very authentic about that. Yeah. And so, well, and they know I work with kids and I know that that's what you want to talk about. But I think the advantage of working with kids and siblings, and I think, you know, not to get ahead, but I think that's the, uh, that's the key for the viewers is the fact that my first group of kids had siblings. And then I was able to work with the oldest, then the middle, then the youngest. You take like the Tiongson family. They were first in with David Garcia. Well, the, 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 bro the oldest brother was a sophomore. And then the other brother was an eighth grader. And then the, the, the daughter, you know, the sister was 10. And for parents and stuff, if they see you working with one of the older kids and then see it transferred down to their younger kids and then realize that, like, you know what, this is safe. This is uh, actually fun. It's, um, it's being taught correctly. And then it creates an example for the next group of younger kids. So, it like, the kids, that are, the kids that are old now, not old, they're like seniors. They started when they were 10 because I had their, like Seth, I had his brother, his sister, his sister Beth is 20. She was born in 1994 or 95. So she's 25. And he started when he was eight. So, you know, like, so I had Beth at 25, Ryan at 23, Troy at 22. Seth, who's 19 now or 18, and now I have Brett, who's 11. That's a big deal so, because you included all of them. It wasn't like, oh, you're too young to learn. You saw it as an opportunity where you're tr you're, you're training not just the current generation but the up and coming. You know, so you know some coaches are like, well, come back when you're 13 when you're a little older. You didn't exclude them, and I think that helps to validate 
the younger sibs is like, hey, this this guy thinks I'm like, you know, like I can be someone or do something. Yeah. I think that's very And for the fine. parents, it takes the fear away. If they walk in and they see that there's three little kids working down on platform one and two, and then there's middle school kids on three and four and high school kids on five and six and adults on seven and eight. And then, you know, the random 65 year old guy that comes in to train once a week on nine and 10, they, they get it. And then they, I can explain to them visually because not everybody's an exercise fist person. I'm not an exercise fist person. I'm like, Hey, we're doing the same workout, but we're graduating the intensity as like we, it, they start, it's easy. It's five kilo bar, it's technique. And then it gets, it gets ramped up to when they're in high school and college. And then actually when they become a master's lifter and older, it ramps back down to like when you were in middle school and elementary school. And, you know, when my 70 year old client, she's doing the same thing that the eight year old's doing. So how do you know, like, let's say someone that can't like whatever get to you. And let's say like, I'm a total newbie person. Let's say, you know, Hey, I saw what you had, but I don't know, like, if I'm looking for a coach, if I can't get you, I mean, like, what do you tell someone if they're looking for like a club or a coach? What do you, what are the couple of things that you have them kind of check out before they commit themselves to a membership or buying a pair of weightlifting shoes and stuff? Yeah. So, you know, the, the good thing is experience, right? But I, I would say that what we do at our place is very unique because it's based out of two, you know, two schools. My brother's at Folsom and I'm at, I'm at Lincoln. And if you're a teacher and you're part of a school, the cost barrier is eliminated because whether you're coming on campus through a permit and you're younger or you're the younger sibling or you're doing summer camp, summer camp at Lincoln's a hundred dollars. It's been a hundred dollars for 20 years. Last year, th this past summer would have been the 18th year of summer camp yes. because our first summer camp was 2003 and this would have been 2020. Yes. So if you count 2003, it's 18, it's been a hundred dollars for 18 that's, years. That's amazing. That's... And, then, and then some kids can't pay, which is fine. They work. And then we've always had, and the pandemic has brought out, I just sent out a big thank you letter. I had some help, obviously a thank you letter to 150 people who have helped during this year. We really want to acknowledge their commitment during this year with so many other stresses and I think they know and they trust that whatever they put in was going right back out. Yeah. And to be able to get kids who don't have the means to work out or to pay a gym membership, but to have this educational background, they know how to weightlift. So like Obia Gary Amici, she's at Princeton. She's a discus thrower. She learned how to lift. She's trying to go to the Olympics. She's lifting in her parking lot, but she knows how to lift. And she has a rack and she has a bar and she has kilo weights and she can do 90% of what she's doing at Princeton in her parking lot by her house. Goosebumps. Right. You gave and, her tools though. I mean, you gave her. And she totally, and you know what? She totally took care of it. And guess what? She put in 200 bucks. I didn't ask her for it. She said, Thanks. Hey coach, I know I'm, you know, she's an adult now. She has her own money. She doesn't have a lot of it. But the fact she knows that when she was in high school and couldn't pay for camp, that somebody else paid for her basically. She's so now it's her turn to be like, hey, here's a hundred bucks. Oh, That's and by the way, I need a pair of weightlifting shoes. Here's another hundred bucks. And oh, by the way, I'm I'm leaving for my, you know, my senior year. Here's a hundred bucks on the way out the door. However it worked, like 
it was up to her. I didn't, you know, they know it's like, it, it's like an inherent knowledge that they know that they have to give back because they've had it for free for so long for the right reason. It's free or very limited cost because all of the money goes to equipment and to coaching. And I never got paid to coach. So I need to make sure that my college kids are paid to be there and understand their value because now I do make money coaching, not the kids, but like, Oh, Hey, I need you to teach my son in Los Altos Hills, like how to do cleans. It's like, well, if I'm taking an hour away from the kids that don't really have resources, right. I better be generating some other revenue to make that up on the backs. So I'm the one benefit of the pandemic. And I feel very lucky that I've been able to do it is we had capital. We used it. It's generated more capital. It showed me who's really serious. And it's actually expanded our, our net, so to speak, to more people that know who we are through Instagram, through, oh, I just met the guy. I just don't follow him Instagram. The guy sold me some weights. And, you know, whether it's I bought on a Lyco bar for $300 cheaper because he got it used from a Lyco and is passing it forward. Now I'm more invested in the community. So, you know, everything you put out there is going to come back. I agree with you. Everything. Like I just, and then, you know, there are people that are really struggling out there. So I'm not going to say, no, you can't. I know who's poor. I just know. You just know, you know, in talking to somebody and explain their their circumstance and you see how they prevent themselves because the poor kids are usually the ones that want it a little bit more. They got a little bit more drive and they all have parents that love them and support them. They just don't have $1,200 sitting on the sideline to buy a set of weights. So why me as a public servant, public school teacher, who's been incredibly blessed to have all this support, why wouldn't I pay it forward? And yeah, you're going to lose some of those individual deals in terms of you're going to get a kid in equipment. They're just not going to use it. But at least you made the effort. It's not yes. on you now. It's on them. And, right. and, and no kid has ever like taken advantage of it and not returned the equipment or 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 stolen equipment. I think it I, says a lot to, when you trust them with that and they know it's valuable. I think it gives them like, hey, someone believes in me. Someone knows I'm not going to just take it and put it on eBay or whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, and I think that's, that might be, you might be the first person that's given them that collateral. And I think that's yeah. what the thing about the way that it's not just about, you know, building the total and it's not about just like making the team. It's something much deeper than that. It's like having the, the trust and faith that some of these kids are not given the opportunity to actually show and prove themselves. And, and that's very deep. That's very monumental. I totally agree. It's a, it's a building up of your intrinsic inert value as a human being, whether it's weightlifting or a student, like I can see that if they train and they have the discipline and they've used the motivation to build habits, right? It's not motivation. You got to build habits. Yes. Um, I just listened to just David Goggins is like an ultra marathon Navy SEAL. It's yes. a little over the top, yes. but, but his thing about motivation is temporary habits are forever. I will like, and then win the morning. I got kids waking up before class to work out. They're lifting at lunch. They're just, they're building these habits in the tough time 
that's going to carry them through. Right. That's and I'm feeling myself like I'm living an incredibly privileged life. Like right now we're talking, my wife's at work and my two children are in school, like in school, school, not online school. So I feel like it's a responsibility to like pay that privilege forward. And I'm not running a charity. There's definitely a trade-off. Like I'm giving you weight and you're giving me work. It's that's, not a hand. That's not a what handout. it is. It's like, it's not a handout. It's like, you, you, it's another thing that they have capability. That's epic. It's a deal. It's this give and take. I'm going to get you weights and you're going to give me workouts. And then by giving me workouts, you're going to give yourself workouts. And you know, the part about me is like, I'm making them accountable, but also it makes me really, really, it's selfish. Like it makes me really happy that they're lifting weights. It makes, wow, me, feel, yes. it makes me feel good about what I'm doing. So it fills my ego. I'm not this like benevolent, like saint. There's always a return, but I think the thing that I've figured out and a lot of weightlifting coaches like Jim Schmitz and, and your coach, Bill and, and Dave Spitz and Max Ada and, you know, Joe Ada and all these people that I, I love and respect is they are running businesses, but they're doing the same thing. Dave Spitz is not making money on weightlifting. He is making, he is, he is fulfilling a dream and filling his like That's reservoir so that he then has more to give out. And I That's don't want to speak for them, but I just know that when they see their athletes succeed, it fills their cup because they're constantly pouring their cup out and filling That's other people's water bottles, whether it be, the, you know? Yeah. It's just like, and for me, it's, and I think it's my personality. I can be organized and like, I know the three kids that haven't worked out this week. One's hurt. One is usually only works out on the weekend. And then, you know, one is, uh, works out outside in a rain. So I'm going to check in with those three kids because I've seen everybody else. So, Hey, how's your leg doing? Hey, the next person is how's your platform? Is it too wet outside? And like, Hey, did your sister come over? So you guys could get motivated to work out together, but they all have weights. So the deal is if you have weights, you're working out. Otherwise I'm taking the weights away. Because somebody else needs them. It's, it's um, demonstrating accountability. And it lets them know that, hey, you know, I, I invested in you. How is it coming along? Because, you know, it's really an investment into themselves. But sometimes, you know, they need the catalyst. Uh, they, they need a, you know, you're, you're a caring, consistent role model. Consistent. Yeah. I don't really what, change much. I do. No, I, I mean, I, I, I'm going to be honest. I, I have my, I have my favorites and those are the usually ones that are lifting the bigger weights, <laughs> but, but it's, it's because they got more invested. Of course, I'm going to treat Seth Tom differently. I've, I've known him since he was eight. I'm going to care about him more than the new person. The new person is going to get the same treatment. They just got to show me like, there's a girl that comes over every Friday from Alameda. I've seen her five times in my life. I would say that I care about her more and more because she's making the effort to come and send me videos. And even though I've, she wasn't never one of my students, she just randomly found us through her judo coach and her dad is able to bring her every Friday. So I didn't ask him for a thousand bucks. He paid for a couple sessions. I'm like, here's a bar, here's some weights. Pay me when you can. I have extra. It's not the gym. And guess what? Who's the one that's filling my cup every day now? Cause she's getting better and she's sending me videos and 
she's a sophomore in high school working out by herself and she's never had a coach until now and then my kids see that they're like oh wow i've had you for five years 10 years eight years and this person's never had you as a coach or anyone as a coach you know it's like you know um, it doesn't have to be me that coaches them like but Dave I think it's understanding. You really don't know what David, you got until yeah. you know you see someone else that barely has anything, and yeah. you're like, I, I, I have a good. Yeah, I have stuff like David Garcia. Max Ada's working with him because David's an adult, and Max had time, and they, their personalities match. I didn't take it, you know, whatever, whatever works for David. I still have that relationship with him from when he first younger started and when he went to the world championships after a surgery and I was you know like my brother and I were there and then but I've he's already returned the investment he's now like he's now oh. working with somebody else but I still derive some I derive some benefit from it because I see him doing so well and I'm like I'm so happy for him that's big because and it's it like, like I'm happier because you're working with somebody else that you really mesh with it's kind of taken that load off of my plate. I don't have to be responsible for David anymore because he's doing so well on his own. It's like and a like, kid growing up. The whole point? It's like parents. You know, they're, yeah, they're and he's head. dad now. He just he had just a stopped. baby. Like, isn't and that the whole reason we're doing it? Right? You, so, you were you were in, part of that journey in his life. So now it's like, instead of giving him a fish every day, so, so true, instead of giving him a fish every day, you taught him how to be his own successful fisherman. Yeah. And then he's going to pay for it and do it to somebody else, which I think is like beyond like the benefits of youth weightlifting and, you know, why it's important to exercise and, you know, weightlifting being a sport and not just an activity. And if you can do soccer when you're six, why can't you do weightlifting? It's all about the coaching. Right. And there's a lot more coaching out there now. And uh, unfortunately, you have to pay for a lot of it. Hmm. But, you know, there are. There are movements in place where we can get it into more high schools and stuff and clubs that are free and reduced to, you know, tuition and scholarship programs. But, you know, you know, it's just, it, it takes people to put back. Right. Yes, it does. Like yeah. people, I mean, people like yourself, like doing what you're doing, this is, that's your own little niche of putting back. Yes. You're running a business. You have to make money, but at a certain point you're going to have a choice where somebody's going to need some help and may not be able to, afford it or whatever and, and 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 the fact that you are earning money doing something else you will be able to open your door to that person at their point in life whatever it may be and it's we got to do it because we it's gonna, it's going to get really tough in the next three or four months it, it uh, most absolutely well regardless of who you voted for and who you like you just need to empathize that there are people suffering and that the one thing that people that are suffering need is other people's kindness they need somebody to listen to them. They need somebody to empathize with them. They need somebody to advocate for them, whether that's like the congressman that needs to pass the unemployment, you know, extension or a coach that just needs to be like, hey, I know you I know you're not working right now. Why don't we take this time to, to do an extra workout every day? And why don't you keep working out so that when you go out and you're looking for work, you just feel better about yourself? Or, you know, whether you're applying to college or grad school, you're just trying to make it through sixth or seventh grade, like keep these kids working out and adults so that they feel supported by something you know the greater good so you know the community 
Yes, right? it actually helps to lend structure. I've have a couple of um, athletes, clients that just said, you know, it, it helps for me to work out twice a week with you. I know it's not very often, but it helps me to structure my day. It helps me to eat better. It, it makes me make sure I don't stay up late the night before. You know, yeah. and it's just kind of, it's a, a domino effect. It's funny you say two days a week because I really feel that that's, if I can come into contact with somebody two days a week, it's going to make a really big difference for both of us. Remember, it's a give and take, right? So my PE class is Wednesday, Friday. So this morning at 9 a.m., not everybody was on. But you know what? Sometimes it's better that not everybody's on because then I can focus on the kids that are there. And then hopefully whoever missed cycles back in the next week, right? Because they have me three days a week. So yes. Monday is like Monday motivation. We just, we, we don't have much time. So we listen usually to like some YouTube series or the USA weightlifting PowerPoint. And then we do a dynamic warm up. but that's like the motivation to get rolling for the week. Right. Wednesdays, we just call it workout Wednesday where we're just doing work like squats and military press because we got every kid dumbbells, right? We empower them with equipment. Like you are responsible for these two dumbbells. And then I work out Aquaman with the trident. trident. It made me start to work out. So I work out with them. So there's no excuse. So today was uh, military press superset with biceps, push press superset with triceps, and then clean with the press with the dumbbells from the knee. It's like, talk about a, a self-serving prophecy, right? Like oh, you force the kids to work out, you push it out, and they in turn are making you accountable. It's like the laws of the universe is causing So Wednesday and Friday, I'm accountable. Tuesday, Thursday, I'm meeting the weightlifters at the track because my daughter gets off of school. And I just, I felt important that even though I live 40 miles away, that I make my way into the city and make myself available. Nobody will ever be able to say coach Doherty didn't make himself available. We're not lifting at the track, but we're jumping and we're doing sprints and stairs and we're walking and we're getting outside. And then I'm meeting new people. I met the triple jumper. Oh, you went to Davis law. Great. Oh, you ran track at Claremont McKenna. Awesome. Oh, you just took the bar and you got two months to train for, He's a 20, you know, 25 foot long jumper. He's like, yeah, I'm trying to go to the Olympic trials. I'm like, do you have weights? No. Uh, I can get you weights. Do you want to rent them? Yeah. Boom. hundred bucks in, got him weights. The weights, you know, he's going to put in a, he's going to put in 250 bucks next semester. And guess what? Now we're, we're th- three quarters of the way to a new squat rack. It's, the weights aren't going to get messed up. No. Nope. You got used weights. And you also got yourself a good referral too. Because... Well, He's, he's, a, he's trying to get to the Olympic trials. And you're helping him with that, with something that you can resource him out with. And that's... So, uh, yeah. And then when I see his videos on Instagram of him long jumping and, uh, and he's long jumping with some of my friends, I'm like, you know what? I'm glad I was a little crazy and just looked over during our warm-up line and told him, hey, it looks good, but your last phase needs to be a little higher. And he looked over and he's like, who's this guy? But I said it in a way where it's like, I gave him a compliment and then he just started the conversation. He's like, oh, that must be a track guy. He's out there by himself. Man, this guy looks pretty good. And then, you know, one thing leads to another. And now he's running with my other buddy's club track team. So he has access to facilities now. He has access to coaching. He has access to weights. And guess what? He's going to be a lawyer. So he's going he's gonna to give that all back through his whatever law firm he's getting a job at or 
he's going to be a, a resource for some of my kids who are trying to go to law school as they get older. Like, go talk to Cam. Cam just finished UC Davis Law. But you gave him something. You, you gave him something to help him. It wasn't like, hey, I'm going to do this. But I, it was just, it was like really from the heart where, you know, hmm, you, you, you know, it was a common passion, track and field. You yeah. educated, you saw something in his job that, that could use improvement. And, but you, you said it in a way that was sincere. And, People and, know when you're sincere and when you're trying to punk him and be a, you know. Exactly. And he understood because he knew he needed, it was almost validation of what he was seeing in himself. So the last phase is his strong foot. Well, the only reason it's not good is because you haven't been lifting for two years. Oh, okay. So if you just do squats and cleans, your last phase, even if nothing else changes, is going to get better. Better force output. And he just knows that. You know, he's an athlete. He's a high, he's a national caliber athlete. But, you know, and even yesterday, I ran into some, you know, I was like, man, this, this young woman, she's doing a good job warming up and she looks like she's in college. Oh, yeah, you go to Academy of Art, whatever. They got a good track team and she's warming up in our area. Recognize an accent. I'm like, are you French? She's like, yeah, I came over here for school. I'm like, what are your events? Oh, 400 meter hurdles. Oh, well, you know that guy down the track, he coached somebody at the Olympics in the 400 meter hurdles. He, he's, a, he's a sprint coach at my high school. If you ever need to run over some hurdles with somebody who knows what he's doing and your coach isn't getting the hurdles out for you, go hit him up. You know, so it's just like, I think that's during this pandemic and uh, we're lucky in San Francisco, it's been very, very uh, mild because we've had we had some pretty serious uh, restrictions and that's really hurt some people economically, but I think it's also saved a lot of lives. So it's like, it's how do we support these businesses, but it's the community, right? It, it doesn't matter if it's weightlifting. If it's the, there's a, there's a Chinese gentleman that runs his parents' um, diner and, uh, and it's two blocks from school and he went to Davis. So we have that connection. So I would go every week. Well, I haven't been able to go every week because I'm not in school anymore. Right. right? right. But he's in, he's in, he's got some Thanksgiving thing. Right. So I'm like, you know what? I'm getting a paycheck. I need Thanksgiving dinner. I haven't been able to frequent him my way to support him because he's given, he, he's the first to donate for the kids. Right. It's this big cycle. It's not just about money. It's like, it's, it's yeah. about intent. It's like it's a bloodstream. You have the flow yeah. of blood. You got to go in and out. And I'm a, you know, whether I pick up the Thanksgiving or not, you know, I'm going to pay for it. And if I can't go up there, give it to somebody. Right. Like, right. You can cook an extra meal for $17 or whatever he's charging. Right. I'm not rich, but somebody's going to come over today and spend $800 on weights. Why don't I just support his community? And I think that's the message for my whole group of weightlifters is, yes, you're only in high school. We're very blessed. Everybody's safe. Everybody's not sick. Everybody's parents, at least one parent is working. So realize how lucky you are and like give, you're a high school. You can't give money, give of yourself, support somebody else, you know? And yeah, if you feel, if you feel empowered and you do, and you do have a part-time job, and you do want to donate to your church or your food bank, but like the next six months, nine months, year, it's going to be like that. It's going to take a year to get out of all this. Right. And if, if, if people yes. like you and me keep pushing other people to put 
something back out there. That's what's happening with uh, Apex training is like some people are getting kind of really tight with funds or they just can't do it um, or they're just new in. So I'm telling them like, hey, don't don't pay me. I want you to take that money and I want you to donate to the food bank. And they're like, yeah. what? I like, I have my other job. I'm a phys- you know, I'm a physical therapist. I, I have another job. So I'm blessed that not everything was in the gym or I would be probably the person that's waiting you know, in the food line. And yeah. so I said, you People know, that can't like work because their gym is closed. Right. They can't the gym. They're hair stylists, restaurant, successful restaurant owners. I have people said, I would have never imagined in my 10, 15 years, you know, that I'd have to be in the food line. I would never have fathomed that. And then so then my clients are like, Are you sure about that? I go, I'm positive because I tell myself it'll myself, all come back. It'll all come back at some point because that's just the way it's supposed to work. That's the way it's supposed to work, Kevin. I don't want to. Take no, much more of your time. Um, no, I mean, we got, you. I got eight minutes. So yeah. if, there's, so if, there's a, if there's a question that we haven't hit on, just ask me. I mean, I could talk about this stuff forever. Yeah, me too. So it's kind of nice to give my spouse a break and have someone else to talk to about that weightlifting yeah. and how, how it's just like a multiple level so beneficial on the whole things that are tangible and not tangible. But I just want to just commend you, your brother, Paul Doherty, and hassle-free uh, people are like hassle free. I remember the hassle free. I, I was asking your brother, what kind of name is a hassle free club? Is it? It sounds like a hairspray or something. Yeah. And then he it goes, no, it's my a buddy's uh, my buddy's truck. demolition, but and moving. Demolition and moving. And so hassle free. He calls it hassle free hauling, because right. as long as we showed up, there was no hassle. We got the job done, and we always left the place better than when we found it. Do me a favor. Most, he is my most successful friend and financially but because he did something very similar to what we're talking about he made sure that the people that he was working with and for were taken care of and he always he always left wherever we were working and i wish you know in hindsight's 2020 he's probably done fifty thousand jobs in the last 20 years if he would have just taken a picture of the before and after and how much better, how much better the places looked, and how much how much easier it was for those people to navigate their own life. Yes, he was making money, but it was more like how he did it. It was hassle free because you could show up to your house and ask him, "Hey, I need the fence down, I need the tree out, and I need the dirt moved away," or "Hey, I need all these 150 boxes put into storage." It was done. It just got done. We found a way to do it. So when I started the weightlifting and I was like, you know, I'm sick of changing the team name every time I change locations. So you know what? I'm going to just call it hassle-free barbell club. Oh because you know what? He, like, still I, don't need, I don't need any more hassles. So, you know, I, I'm definitely not the easiest person to get along with, but I think the kids that we have are such a blessing. They are hassle-free because they are, they, they have so much positive impact in the community. They have just from their own lifting and their presence, the but example they show with how hard they work, and that's not that's not. I can be the catalyst, but that's not me. They either have it or they don't. It's something they learned in that in that trade. Here's the way, Here's the work. I need the work back, and the more work you give me back, the easier it's going to be for you to do the work yourself. Especially in the middle of a pandemic, you got to go down the garage and do your squats. Yesterday was uh, Haley Trent, our best our best weightlifter right now. 
I she's guess phenomenal. She's I best. saw the YouTube video on her. I get to the track. I'm like, Haley, how are the squats? She's like, six by six, coach, 110. But my, uh, my percentage was 112. I'm like, Haley, you did six by six by yourself at 80%, 110 kilos, which is 190% of your body weight. Crazy. And you did it by yourself. You did it by yourself. And then you came to the track to show others that, hey, you can do it. You can lift and then go to the track. And she had her face and she was the first one in line. And like, I swear to God, like I got more out of that yesterday than she did. She filled my cup more. I guess that's what I want to leave all the, all the people that are listening. Yes. You have to surround your people yourself with people that are going to fill your cup. That's the analogy we want to use. You need your cup filled so then you can go and then pay that forward and fill somebody else's. And I think in that, in that, that specific example from just yesterday, just by me going and her telling me what she did and her being who she was, she filled my cup so that I could then pay it forward today for with my weightlifters. And I could be more positive with the kids on the track yesterday. And I could have that conversation with the French 400 meter hurdler, you know, self-regeneration so like, with the help of others. You, you got, you got to keep getting out there and, and fill your cup. So Love it. That's what I'm going to leave you guys with. It's- All right, Coach Dory. Thank you so much for your time right. and your wisdom. Um, you know, so if anyone's in need of equipment, you know, I'm going to have them just check out, check just out the check links. out the Instagram. Yep. Instagram. BBC. And also at the bottom of the podcast, uh, we'll get you hooked in. And, you know, if you're your demolition buddy, he's, um, if he's passed the business on to his son, if he's still doing his business, be, be sure Very to hook, hook his link in too so people know because, uh, you know, the power, you know, as strong as one and power in numbers. So thank you again for your time. No and, yeah. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, we love you. So uh, we'll let you go and uh, All right. we'll catch Thanks, up soon for the next competition. All right, Kevin. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Be safe out there. All right. So that is our um, end of our episode with uh, Kevin Doherty. So if you like the podcast and are able to glean uh, one or two gemstones out of it please uh, subscribe to our podcast and please support kevin and his crew the kids uh through purchasing equipment very reputable equipment through the links that are located on this podcast so this is jack and my apex training thank you so much we hope that you enjoyed today's podcast presented to you by apex training gym where our goal is to provide you with workable ideas and sound training concepts to give you the optimal leverage you need to move anything in the gym and in your life Because when you change your mind, you change your life.